Hello, this is digital editor Gabe Wisnett, joined today by reporter Connor Hughes. Um, we're talking with Connor today about a very you know, heart-wrenching story, but also a story with um, a lot of facets and a lot of, you know, different angles, um, story titled Heartbeat to Homelessness, um, and, you know, specifically about the fact that many, many folks in this area call the motels in Spartanburg County home, um, not just temporarily, but more on a permanent basis. Um, Connor, first of all, what led you to this story? Sure. Well, I think the first thing worth noting here is that this is an issue we've been aware of for a little while. I think it's something that city officials are very aware of. It's something that people who live near these motels know a lot about. And so this isn't something we just learned about recently. It's something we've kind of had our eye on a little bit. But what really prompted this story specifically was our coverage of the condemnation of the Spartanburg Motor Lodge right off of Heron Circle. So we we went out there Thursday and we're covering that. I was speaking to some of the residents, some of the police that were out there assisting in the evictions after a lot of sewage backed into the buildings. And in talking with a lot of the residents, a lot of them had been living there for years. They were living there on kind of an arrangement where they were doing work for the motor lodge itself. It seemed like there was a lot of patterns emerging in speaking with people. They were working in the office, doing maintenance, cleaning. Um, There was one woman who I I speak about in both of these stories who was living under the stairs there for close to a year who had been working there um, for, you know, just a little bit of pay and a space under the stairs. That's that's what she was working for. And so we decided after we posted that first initial story about the condemnation itself, we started to see some questions circulated on Facebook, hearing things from our readers. You know, who are these people living here and why are people living in motor lodges? And we thought this would, it was important to let people know that this is not an uncommon issue. This is something that's seen a lot throughout the county. Um, And it's, it's, it's a larger topic. It's not just the Spartanburg Motor Lodge. It's something that homelessness advocates and people who are community leaders, officials deal with on a fairly regular basis. Uh, and it's a real issue in the county. And and as you talk about in your story, this is a, a multifaceted issue. Um, there's no real magic bullet to, to solve this issue. But what are county, city, faith-based leaders doing to to assist with this issue of, you know, of, of, of folks having to live in a motel, um, and not necessarily that that's a, you know, that, that means great that there's a roof over their head, but they're, you know, essentially not able to get out of that cycle. Sure. So it's a tough issue because it's kind of a lose-lose situation in, in a lot of ways. On one hand, these conditions are not anything that, you know, most people would consider standard or up to code or up to snuff conditions that these people are living in. Right. Um, you see, I, I mean, just going out there, you, you see a lot of, um, just as soon as you get on the property, you see some needles at, at times on the ground. Wow. You see, yeah. you know, nitrous oxide canisters that people use is, is uh, for illicit drug purposes. Um, and the, just the quality of the, the living conditions are, are really poor themselves. Um, but at the same time, it's the best a lot of these people can afford. Right. If, if they're not staying there, where are they staying? Uh, there's not really capacity at homeless shelters for, for the amount of people. I mean, these kinds of motels line the interstates. They're all over the county. There are some here in the city. And 
it's just a huge population of people and there just really aren't the, the resources or the facilities to deal with them at the same time even if there there were in in terms of a from a, a homeless perspective a lot of these people have mental health and drug issues that uh been uh, trespassed from homeless shelter properties they don't want to go um i've spoke to one woman who said you know she doesn't want to go to the shelter she's you know an independent adult she doesn't want someone to tell her if she can drink or if she can uh use use narcotics um and she she just doesn't want to go um, right and right. so the question is if these people who are, who are using these facilities aren't going to be living there where are they going to go um and I think it's important to note that it's not just people who are su- suffering or struggling with drug addiction or, or with mental illness issues that are living in these places. Right. Some of them are, are families with two working parents, a lot of children that are trying to make ends meet, but are just caught in this cycle and cannot get out. Um, you talk to people who maybe they have an, an eviction in their background. They have some, some criminal history. Maybe there's a mother who is married to someone who has a criminal history, so she doesn't have traditional housing options available to her in a lot of ways. And so you see a lot of people, rather they can't afford a down payment. You know, two months rent is a lot for, for people who are living on minimum wage. Um, you can't afford a down payment, can't get past a credit check, um, can't get into an apartment because they have an eviction on their record. And this is really all that's available to them. And they're trying to get out, but uh, as I noted in the story, these places are inexpensive in the short term when you're paying on a weekly basis, but when you add it up over the course of a month, it's really a lot of money uh, right. that these people are paying to live in very substandard conditions. And that keeps them in this cycle where they cannot save money, they can't get enough to make a down payment, they can't get enough to find adequate housing, and they're just stuck there with children. I mean, talking to advocates, you you hear about sometimes there are families doubling up, tripling up in these rooms, mm. and it's just a lot of people living in a one-bedroom area that don't want to be there. They're trying to get out. Um, they don't necessarily have drug issues or mental health issues. They're just stuck, and, right. uh, and they're trying to leave, but they can't. And you hear about some, some really tragic situations in in those circumstances but again if they just shut these apartments down now they don't have a roof over their head at all so it it really is kind of a double-edged sword but some i to answer your question sorry i kind of no you're fine maybe went off on a tangent no not Um, at all but you can't just condemn these buildings um so certain officials erica brown i spoke with for this story you know she wants more enforceable uh, housing codes and standards and more inspections for these kinds of places, um, but that's been an uphill battle. And then you know, part of the what part of the solution is going to have to be in, in talking to advocates is just more available, affordable housing for these people where they can go and it's available to them and they can afford it. So there's a lot to it, um, but it, it's a complex issue that that people have been dealing with in this area for quite a while now. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned that there's a you know a bevy of of motels. Um, along you know the interstates um there are several that are in the you know the east side of downtown spartanburg um but specifically what is the future of the spartanburg motor lodge that was um condemned or shut down sure well i actually spoke with county officials earlier this morning and there is at this point a um 
demolition order in place for most of the buildings on the Spartanburg Motor Lodge property. The one that was condemned last week, um, there isn't a demolition order at this point, but the okay. other buildings on the property, there there is. Um, those buildings have been condemned for, for years now. Um, there are three housing units similar to the one that was condemned earlier uh, or last week, and then there are two other buildings. Um, and they... They've been condemned for quite a while, no electricity, no power. But if you look inside them, there's mattresses everywhere. There's refuse, there's clothing. And, and just going there on Friday afternoon, you saw people coming out of, in and out of those buildings. Right. Um, so pe- people have been living there for, for quite a while. Um, and so they've, they've ordered those condemned. Uh, and speaking with officials at code enforcement, they, they are giving them some time to try and clean out that building that was condemned last week. Um, but the future of that building is kind of dependent on the owners getting in there and, and trying to get it back up to, to standards. Um, but so that could possibly be reopened and, and talking to people who had lived there. That's definitely what they want. They want to return to their rooms is what they were telling me, or, or at least most of them. I know some of them were hoping to maybe find some, some temporary housing and maybe try and save some money. Um, to get into a more standard living situation, but a lot of them want to return. And, and so they're talking about possibly reopening them at some point, um, but kind of the, the future of that is, is a little unclear. But the other buildings, there is uh, a demolition order. The owner can appeal that, but we'll just have to see what happens with that. Yeah, and this is certainly something that we will uh, continue to keep an eye on, given that it's a, it is it is a larger issue than just this one specific motel. So, Connor, appreciate the story, appreciate your time, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.